we will uh, continue uh, working our way through the book of Romans in our series that I've uh, called Belong. And it's just been trying to connect for us in simple, encouraging ways of how we belong to God through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and what God has done through his son, Jesus, to bring us a part of his family. Uh, this morning, uh, I would like to just open with saying that one life really can make a difference. You think about in your own life, the people that have impacted your life and have made it for the better or brought you to where you are today. Uh, for me, when I think about the people that have really made a significant difference in my life, one of them is uh, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Badrow. And Jeff, I, I would love it if you could all know Jeff. Jeff is like a combination uh, of Barry Baker and um, like, I don't know, the craziest person you've ever met. And uh, he can fix, he can, well, yeah, that just sounds like Barry, but uh, uh, the, uh, he had the ability, has the ability to fix anything. He could build you a house. He could do your plumbing for you. Uh, but he also is the, he's the one who said, Jordan, uh, why don't you come with me and we will go and visit, uh, visit people and share encouragement with them. He's the one who helped me realize in part, like, hey, I like doing this visiting and sharing God's word with people. Uh, so I think, my, I think about my life and where it would be without Jeff Badrow and some of the crazy things and adventures that we went on. Um, uh, he had this thing called uh, it's a Suzuki Sidekick, and we called it the Quadzuki, and it was a 1980 version of it, and it was, uh, it was completely falling apart, and we would do two-tracking with it. Wait, I'm sorry. I said two-tracking, and you guys don't know what that is. It's when you go out off-roading. In Michigan, you call it two-tracking because there's two tracks, and you go, never mind. That's nothing to do with the message. Uh, but you would run into trees, and the bumper would fall off, and you'd say, throw it in the back wheel, weld it back on. And so uh, Jeff is just such an important person in my life, the one person who made a huge difference. I think about people who've made a difference in my life, where I would be if it wasn't for uh, the former president of Great Lakes Christian College, Larry Carter, who when I was in high school and I thought, what am I going to do with my life? And I just went up to him after an event and I said, uh, Mr. Larry, Mr. President, sir, uh, I don't know how I, I addressed him. And I shared my heart with him and he said, well, why don't we pray about it? And he wrapped his arm around me and he prayed for me and I thought, man, maybe I should go to a school where the president wraps his arm around you and prays for you. And uh, since then, I, uh, I would spend uh, one hour a week with him, and he invested in me uh, throughout college and just taught me about leadership and encouragement and faith. And, and so I think about the impact he made. One, one life really can make a difference. I think about my parents. I think about uh, people who were sort of uh, extra parents in my life, Mike and Kim Babcock and their faith and their generosity and their kindness to me, their love for me. One life really can make a difference for you. And that, I think, in part, is what Paul wants to teach us today in Romans 5, that one life really does make a difference. And this one life uh, just doesn't make a difference for Jordan Neckes, but makes a difference for all humankind, that Jesus is truly one life that makes all the difference in all the world. Let's start with prayer. God, thank you for this morning and time together to open our hearts to you and 
open our minds and open our ears, God, that we would hear from you and we would be challenged, encouraged, lifted up, called back to you. God, wherever we find ourselves in this moment in our relationship with you, God, sometimes we're going strong and, and we're doing well and we just need we just need encouragement to keep going forward. And other times, God, we just need you to step in our path and stop us from the direction we're going. And God, we're somewhere in between. And just ask that you would meet us now and you would help us, that you would open our hearts to you, help us to know this moment, moment that Jesus makes all the difference in all the world. He has rescued us from sin and death and darkness and pain and suffering. God, we have new life and new hope today because of Jesus. And so we want to make much of you now in this time together of opening your word. We want to make much of you because you've made such a great difference in all of our lives through Jesus Christ. And so we want to honor that today, God, and we want to have gratitude in our hearts and minds. We want to express thankfulness to you, and we want to turn our hearts to you now. And so we, we give this time, Lord, and not just as a religious activity or something to do to feel good about ourselves, but, God, to give this time to you to change our lives for eternity. And so, God, speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in your Bibles, if you had opened to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Um, well, bef yeah, we'll do that. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Verse 13, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the, dis just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign 
through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if that's, you know, not clear as mud for you, we'll keep going uh, for you this morning. And so just kind of putting, putting things together, this is the start of a culmination. It's going to transition towards how do we now live our life in light of belonging to God? But what, what Paul is doing for us here now is kind of bringing together the themes that have um, been coming about throughout the book. And so just a quick review of the series. Uh, we started in chapter 1 and saying that we belong to Christ, that Christ came and called us to belong to Jesus Christ. So it is the will of God that all might be saved and all might come and belong to God. And that is in part what Paul is saying, we're not ashamed of this gospel, that we would come and belong to Jesus Christ. Christ has rescued us. This was our next message. He has rescued us. He's forgiven us that we might belong. And so Jesus provides the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the propitiation. He's our justification. He's the one who lays down his life for us. And because we belong to Christ, then we have peace. God's justification, God's forgiveness for you, God's giving of his righteousness to you gives you peace in this world. He says directly that, that because you are made right before God, you can have peace. You can be whole. In a world filled with brokenness and suffering and shame and separation and division, all of those things, God is saying because of Christ's faithfulness, because of Christ's love for you, because of his sacrifice for our sins, because of that very knowledge and hope and faith to him, there is peace for you today. Because you belong to God, you can have peace today. And then we looked at reconciliation, and that was like Paul keeps building. He's saying, okay, you have your justification, you have your propitiation, now you have your reconciliation. It's like, it's like okay, how many more big words can we use today, Jordan? And saying he has brought us back to him, he's restored our relationship with God. That he has gone out of his way of sorts. To restore our relationship, restore covenant, restore us to God and say, you belong this way. And so if you start putting this all together, God's rescue mission is that you would belong. God's salvation mission is to provide justification, forgive us of our sins, that what was held against us is no longer held against us, so that you might belong. He's saying, I love you so much that I'm going to lay down, that my son's going to lay down his life for you so that you can have a restored relationship with me. So God has gone through all of these great measures so that you would belong. And it's not so that we can all hang out together and say, hey, everybody, we all belong. It's for this moment right here, actually, that you would live a renewed life. This is not heaven's waiting room. This is God's rescue mission and it's his adventure that he's calling us to, to live a new life today. To tell people of the unwavering and faithful love of God that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. And he's invited you to live a kingdom life today, made new, renewed. You have new life because you belong to God. And he's, he takes us back in time. He takes us back in this adventure do to do back to Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, and he's saying right here in this moment that Adam sinned in such a way that it affected every single person all around us. We know the weight of sin. 
right now an adventure through the news, uh, news cycle, the newspaper, if you still read those things. Do they still print them? Okay, they are still out there. And right now, the new thing that we are to fear, what is it? War? War on epic proportions? We, we look there, and then we just look down the street, and I look at families that are broken and hurting and suffering. I look at people who are entertaining divorce, people who have uh, gone through the suffering difficulty of divorce. I look at people who have lost their parents. I, I look at young men and women who've lost their parents early. There was a tragic accident of a youth that, that died this week in, in our local area at South Central. I look at the world, and it, it can be horrifying. Horrifying. So much fear, so much suffering, so much death. You're thinking, Jordan, when are you going to pick us up a little bit here? But I think we need to remember the weight of sin and its influence. Is there a system? Is there an organization? Is there a company? Is there a family that hasn't been affected by the power of sin? Is there an organization that you can point to and say, boy, they got it all together and there's not a thing wrong with it. All their employees get along. There's not a, they, none of them gossip. They all love each other. They have a party every Friday. They call each other on weekends because they like each other so much. I'd like to work there. But every organization, every employee or employer that you've ever worked for or worked with or cared for, every family can look at its story and they can say and they can look at the path of sin and they can look at the brokenness and they can see each of those things in which has entered into their life and it was a it was a sin that hurt and severed a relationship it was something that was said in those moments where you spew something out and you think well reel that back in i've never done that <laughs> only three times a sermon right on average sometimes more sometimes less that was probably one of them we live in a world filled with brokenness and sin, and all of us have felt that. And I want you to have that tension, because I think that's Paul's intention, is that we would feel the weight of sin. So that when he says to you that the gift is not like the trespass, we can understand that he is saying the weight of sin is impossible for us to bear, but there is one who has come who has carried the burden and the weight of sin, and we call this Jesus Christ's grace. He has lifted the burden and weight of sin so that you would live a new life in grace. And the power of sin is death, but the power of God's grace is life. And friends, we need the reminder that God's grace is far greater than all of the weight of all of the sin, of all of the suffering, of all of the separation. God's love for you is greater than all of the sin and all of the brokenness. And so no matter how heavy, no matter how dark, no matter how evil, no matter how disappointed or frustrated or hurt or filled with pain we might be there is a grace that is greater in Jesus Christ Paul is saying the gift is not like the trespass in fact they are so far apart because the gift is so much better 
the sin that came from one man and his unfaithfulness to God does not compare to the power of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And friends, as Christians, we need to know today that God's grace is greater than the sin of this world, that God's grace is greater than all of the weight of sin. And Paul's saying God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's kindness through Jesus Christ is caring for us now. And this, friends, I think, this is an important thing, and Tim will get into this next week. I am getting out of here and saying sayonara. I'm going to the Sunshine State and uh, getting out of here for a week. Uh, I'll be here all this week. Kids are on fall break next week, but we won't be here Sunday. We'll hit the road Saturday. And so um, I forgot what I'm talking about now. Uh, Now, Tim will cover Romans chapter 6. But all of this is in preparation to hear what Paul will say in chapter 6 when he says, Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. You're dead to sin and you're alive in Christ. But this moment, it's important for us to anticipate. What is God doing with his grace? And here's, here's where I feel like in my life and my walk with God, I have used grace as a license to sin. And friends, I want you to hear this morning that grace is not a license to sin, it's a liberation from sin. It is freedom to say, you know what, I no longer live my life in sinful flesh and sinful nature and thinking about what is my life going to be and how much can I have and how much can I have for myself and and how do I just sort of keep navigating that and getting what I want in life and when I screw up or I fail in some way, at least God's grace is good enough to take care of me. And we just sort of sit in grace and say, hey, we're all good here. God is calling us to new life. He's calling us to leave a life of sin and say, you know what, I live my life in Jesus Christ, in his grace. And with the weight of sin lifted from me, I am free to live in Jesus Christ today. That peace that I have from being made right in Christ, the peace and comfort and knowing that I belong to God and I'm a child of God, it strengthens me, it renews me. And so when I open up the paper, I shouldn't say that, I've never opened up the paper. Uh, Audrey was funny, she's, we got the flyer, the, the, the paper or something, you know. And uh, she sat on the couch and she opened it up, she said, see dad, I'm just like papa. And uh, she was clipping coupons and she was all in. It was adorable, I took a picture and thought, well, we're gonna treasure this, you know. Again, I forget what I'm talking about. <laughs> When we open up uh, our news feed, when we're swiping left and right, when we're getting notifications on our phone, of one more relationship that's hurt, one more death that has happened, one more friend who's hurting, one more prayer request for a situation that just seems impossible, one more bad news of this unfortunate, awful circumstance that is affecting somebody you deeply care about. As you get inundated with notifications of things that have gone wrong, 
I ask that you would hear today that the gift is greater than the trespass. That God's grace is greater than all of those things that we face and all of the failures and all of those things. And there is something that each and every one of those situations needs to know and that there is hope in Jesus Christ today because of his grace and his love. It's an illustration I've used um, before and I've, I don't want to overuse it, but I think it fits today. There was a Bible college professor slash missionary and his name was Gregory Fisher, and he was in Liberia. And he was teaching the students there, and he was walking through First Thessalonians. And in First Thessalonians, we hear of Christ coming, and it says that when Christ comes, there will be a loud shout. And so one of the inquisitive students asked Gregory, Hey, Greg, what will Jesus shout? Well, you know, I know that preachers, we like to pretend like we know everything, but we really don't know what Jesus is going to shout, you know. It's like, he might say, hey or, you know, surprise, or ta-da, or, you know. He's got a wide variety of options, you know. But what will Jesus shout? And so Greg was like, uh, you know, that's above my pay grade. I don't really know. And, and the student kept prodding him and saying, no, what, what will Jesus shout when, when he appears, when he comes when he comes. And he got thinking, he got thinking about all that he had seen. And I would imagine ministry in Liberia, you would be uh, introduced to some things that you're not accustomed to seeing in America. Violence and death, death on the streets and suffering and all sorts of evil, incredible poverty and brokenness. And that's honestly what Gregory said he started thinking about. He started thinking about his interactions with people. He had interacted with someone that week that had two of his children slaughtered in the streets. He had interacted with people who were in incredible poverty and brokenness and hopelessness. And so after really thinking about the student's question, what would Jesus shout? What will he say when he comes to restore and make all things new and 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 forgive, uh, forgive us and wipe out and clean the slate and just make everything new and wipe away all of our tears and no more suffering, no more death, what will Jesus say? And he'll say, enough. It's enough sin. It's enough suffering. It's enough brokenness. It's enough of it all. Jesus will say, enough and for us today as Christians as people who have given our lives to Jesus remind ourselves this day that God loves us and cares deeply for us that his grace is greater than the brokenness of the world and he is coming to make all things new there is forgiveness for you today in Jesus Christ do you believe that? Do, believe, do you believe that you are forgiven? And here's my challenge. I opened with one person made a difference, and it's really not one person. Lots of people made a difference. I would name some of you, but I would hate to leave anyone out, and there's only two of you, so that's one of those things you need to reel back in. It was lots of people 
And the reason why those one individuals made a difference in my life was because of the difference Jesus made in theirs. I invite you to be a people who make a difference in people's lives because of the difference God's grace has made in you. So love, forgive, extend grace and kindness to one another. Remind ourselves that all of us are going through stuff especially after going through the grocery aisles. I mean, just like, it's hard right now. And it feels like the world is so broken and so filled with suffering and pain, because it is. But there is a grace that heals. And that grace can be yours today. It can provide comfort and peace today. Will you open your heart to God again? Let him heal you. Let him search your heart. Let him in again. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that there is an abundance of grace today in Jesus Christ. That your love is greater than sin and death that your kindness given us through the one man Jesus Christ is far enough to overcome the sin of Adam and our sin that followed remind us of your mercy and your kindness today God and help us to remind others of it today and throughout this week renew us and give us new life Lord it's in Jesus name we pray amen there's one last thing I want to say, and it's kind of in our text there, just at the end. In verse 17, for, it, for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life? through the one man, Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. The word there, abundance of grace, is actually super abundant, overflowing. It is spilling over God's grace today. You are forgiven and loved through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let's stand and close in worship.